Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Welcome back to a, uh, another episode of You'd Love to See It. Uh, we are, we're in the midst of a, of a conversation about our theater experiences watching uh, the movie this week, Pig. Um, we were talking about how I was one of two in mine. Eric fell asleep, just to call him out, in his. And <laughs> <laughs> only the first time. This is how it's going to go, huh? <laughs> this is how it's going to go. Caleb, any, any dozing off by you? No, but right after my... Perhaps during the French Dispatch trailer. (laughs) I didn't get one. Wait, you had a French Dispatch trailer? I'm jealous. Yes, I did. Uh, Right after my screening ended, uh, early spoiler warnings here. Um, There were were two women sitting next to me, and one of them said, so what happened with the pig? (laughs) The other one was like, it died. She was like, that was like confirmed <laughs> and uh yeah that was my theater like highlight. i mean that's a that's a that is a beautiful pig i think okay yeah can i ask you a question is this a dumb question that was a real pig right <laughs> i'm serious don't laugh at me don't laugh at me what is that a real pig <laughs> it wasn't cgi right am i dumb i can never tell that was definitely that, a real pig you yeah. know how they do Planet of the Apes, where it's like the people <laughs> in the costumes with the dots. It's 2001 A Space Odyssey. You know, when, when Nick I Cage mean, was like petting the pig, <laughs> it was just like some random guy sitting there. It was Benedict Cumberbatch wearing the uh, green screen suit, really. <laughs> he was acting as the pig. And he I, also made the noises. <laughs> he made the noises. Yeah, I wish there was more screen time from the pig, man. I really thought there would be. I was very sad about the uh, the lack of pig screen time. You know, he was he was, I was so sad cute. about the lack of um, yeah screen time, but also it was this was a great opportunity to show like I don't know pig intelligence. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I guess you did find this huge ass Just just go watch a documentary on pigs, man. <laughs> you know. You want if you want to learn more about the truffle pigs, which well, is actually wanted, really interesting. Well, there is that doc called The Truffle Hunters that just came out like last year. That's just oh, really good. well, didn't even know which that. is like pretty much about this, right? Yeah, it, you know, to, to sidetrack a bit, Eric and I were talking about some of the trailers we saw. Um, before we get into the film, I'm just trying to think just because you know, we're getting to a point where soon we're gonna start getting a lot of big releases, thank god, next month or so. And I'm wondering what you guys saw trailers for. So I saw a trailer for um, for Stillwater, which Eric and I talked about. Does not look. I, I, Eric, I'm surprised you're interested in that movie at all. It looks. No, it's I, just like a big movie. It's also it, like McCarthy. It's just like Matt know. Damon playing like kind of like a redneck. Like it just. It's, an, it's so, an Amanda Knox movie, right? Pretty much. That's yeah. what it seemed like to me. It, it seems I would. Part of me just thought, oh my god. I thought I honestly thought before I saw the director that maybe it was a Clint Eastwood movie. 
Like, yeah, make sure. I don't know. I'll, I'll see it. <laughs> I don't know. I just wasn't as hyped hyped for it. I think easily the most hyped I got watching a trailer. God, what was there actually? I'm trying to think. I saw I old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the. They didn't have the trailer for old there either. I saw Stillwater, Candyman, which I actually am really excited to see. And I should say that I didn't realize, and Kendall was telling me this, who we're going to have as a guest star for Candyman when we do the podcast um, in the future. Um, Jordan Peele isn't directing it, but he's getting all the like credit for it. And it's actually a woman director. It's Mia Costa, right? Oh, it is. Yes, you're right. That's that's who it is. And I, I was just like, oh yeah, this Jordan Peele movie, which I guess he did write it. I didn't even know Jordan Peele was but... on this movie. I really, oh, I, you didn't I know that? No, I thought but of it see, as the Mia trailer. Costa movie. I saw the trailer. I saw literally had his name like four times. It was just like oh, Jordan that's, Peele. That's how they think they're getting people to the theater. That's that's exactly. Well, I mean, that's what it was. It was just like to me, I was like, oh, a, a new Jordan Peele movie, and then I then I was told Kendall was like, it's not. I'm like, oh, oh, why? Well, Honestly, yeah, the, the cast is also I doing one it. of the Marvel movies. I'm forgetting which one, but um, is it the Eternals? No, that's Chloe Zhao. Oh, you're right. Is oh, it yeah, the Marvels. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Um, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, by the way. Um, mm. I, don't, I doubt yeah. either of you have. Um, what else? Let's see. I saw the trailer for um, oh my god, what is it? The is it oh, the is green? it actually? The green, the green Knight. The Green Knight, which I the actually... Green Knight. I actually... It looked kind of good. I don't know. I It's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. It looked really good. I, I don't know what to say other than that. I mean... Zach, you would remember. like a ghost story. Why, why is like that? like that movie. Why is that? Barada? It's it's the same guy as The Green Knight. Oh, really? If you watch okay. a ghost story. I Yeah, I know. I, I That's definitely on my... It's on my top like um, watch list, but... I know we're not fans of Raw here, but Caleb, did you see the time oh, trailer? Actually, it looks so good. Wait, what was it? It looked interesting. I don't think it's, it's you know it's one of those trailers that didn't give up too much, which is nice. Um, it just won it, the Palm. I saw an A twenty four trailer too. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, it was the Green Knight. Never mind. Um, Flea. I saw a trailer for Flea. Didn't, didn't see that. I must have got uh, weird trailers, man. I did uh, not see that many. Saw the French Dispatch. Saw the Shang-Chi trailer. The only reason I remember these is because I went to see this movie twice because I fell asleep fully the first time. That's and fair. so I saw I, all I the trailers twice. I saw I Nine Days. I got none of these uh, trailers. Nine Days looks kind of interesting. I didn't even it's, get a um, It's It looks like um, it looks like Afterlife. Did, did do you remember the Corrieta movie? Where uh, the like, I know where, I yeah, like where when you die, you go to this like, like middle between like life and death, and there's some stuff with like home video and stuff. It looked, it looked a lot like that. I got some kind of weird comedy movie trailer that I do not even remember. That's so vague. I don't even know what it was. I'm trying to look at the trailers that are out right now, but I did not get the same trailers you guys got. Okay, when we go to LA, all the same trailers. <laughs> yeah, the Regal just uh, bought Arclight Sherman Oaks. Did they didn't, really um, didn't AMC buy the Grove? AMC bought the Grove. Yes. So they're uh, coming okay, back. Except Arclight Hollywood is still vacant, sadly. But 
Wait, arc lights? Gone? We're gonna see. Like they're they, done. They, yeah, all of them are gone. No, are you serious? Yeah. We're gonna see if we don't see Memoria in the dome, and if they don't play Memoria in the dome, we're so, riding. Yeah, what's happening with the dome? We're riding. The dome is it's just empty now. Hollywood's empty, but oh. you know, Sh- Regal just just got Sherman Oak, so that'll be back up, but just as Regal now and not as Arclight. And so you you assume somebody will move into Hollywood eventually. Yeah. That's so sad. And we yeah. gotta go to the like Egyptian and everything. We gotta see some or like the new Bev or something. I don't know. I refuse this last year to like I refuse to go through four years of college and not have gone a single time. That's if restrictions don't go back up, which I'm now nervous about. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Any other any other trailers you guys saw? I, I can't remember any. I have a terrible... Memoria! 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 Didn't see it either. I didn't see it, but I, I like, steeled myself for it both times. <laughs> and was disappointed both times. Hmm. Well, I guess on to pig, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I sorry, I was just I was looking at trailers and so I I was like, I don't know any of these, so I don't know what the hell they showed. I I really don't. I mean, I was at a weird, I don't even know what the heck. I was at a movie theater. I don't even know if it's like a big chain. No, shut up, dude. (laughs) It's called I'm trying to see if this is a big movie theater now. This is a little tangent. It's called Harkins. I don't even think that's a real thing outside of, I mean, I'm in Arizona now, so I'm not in the middle of nowhere. Montana means I have like actual, I'm going to go see black widow this week, probably tomorrow. In oh. X, Have you guys seen, have you guys ever seen a movie in XD? Do you guys know what XD is? Yeah. Oh, like Disney XD. No, not <laughs> Rated Disney. Okay, um, for those who don't know, you guys might know. Well, it's called XD screen X, means- right? They, okay. It's advertised as XD. I don't know what the hell I'm sure. Screen X. It's it's a movie. It's a type of movie theater um, where the screen extends from floor to ceiling, uh, wall to wall. It they have the 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 theater has custom surround sound, uh, JBL I think custom uh, surround Ooh. sound, and then it also uses <laughs> name drop. Um, <laughs> yeah, sponsor us JBL please. Um, it also uses what I believe is some type of very high quality, I this is, I'm butchering this, and then a very high quality projector. Like, so I saw something like, I don't even know what this means, like 60 or 90 billion like um, colors or so. I don't even know what it is, honestly. 90 billion colors. <laughs> I'm sold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's at Cinemark. I'm trying to see Cinemark XD. Let me. I, I want to be accurate. What this is? It's the old. Okay. Here's what. Here's what the description is. All right. Cinemark XD gives you the ultimate movie experience with surround sound, and oh, I lost it. And what? Oh, I lost it. <laughs> I don't know. Our amazing THX certified XD auditorium is the largest screen in the building. It's wall to wall, state of the art projector, capable of 35 trillion colors. What is that? What is, there's not many colors. There's no way. Yeah, what, is that, what does that mean? Exactly. They're just counting like every single change in like the, you know how you get the 250, 250, 250? Every single yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, right. Every As, single one. If I'm going there, I'm, I'm bringing a checklist. Like, mm, <laughs> like 35 trillion, like I'm counting. I'm getting I my money's worth. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. 
we all know by now in 2021, I was 2022, I'm living in the future. We know in 2021 that 3D movies are just, we're, it was just such a gimmick. Like they're terrible. I've never seen a good 3D movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some good 3D movies. Um, Shrek. But I just feel like, <laughs> was Shrek I just feel like. Oh, no, he means Shrek like 3D or... glasses. No. Yeah, yeah. 3D glasses. They, they had the Shrek. I think they had the new Shrekker, the new Shrekker movies, the newer, <laughs> <laughs> the newer Shrek movies. <laughs> Speaking of Shrek, uh, my hair looks like Lord Farquaad today. <laughs> um, look at that. You can kind of, someone get the Photoshop in here. Um, Photoshop Lord Farquaad's face onto me. Um, yeah. Can I don't you know, but see I'm gonna go see it in the um, entire what? screen? Like without moving your head at this point. That's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. Okay, here's what the description says. I found it. It's a 70-foot wall-to-wall surface screen. Our corner-to-corner screens are the largest in the business. You would have to set up 2,600 laptops to equal the size of one of our screens. Such a stupid (laughs) (laughs) means of comparison. Um, why would they not compare it to another big screen? (laughs) Images are projected onto our screen using state-of-the-art digital 4K projectors. Um, if the tech talk means nothing to you, imagine being able to see 35 trillion colors clearly. <laughs> the tech what talk is that supposed to mean to you? Imagine seeing the psychedelic and colorful side of Gotham and Birds of Prey or discovering the flashy magic in Pixar's Onward and all its richness. Whether you're a visual or audio person, we have you covered. Our XD screens are complemented by an 11.1 multi-channel surround system that offers 11 layers of sound and location-based technology that gives you the most realistic and acoustically perfect experience. We're literally giving out ads for free right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. Cinemark sponsors. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I'll let you guys know. If right. you make the tickets you are $4 five. more expensive. Oh, they're gonna say after all that the tickets are four dollars <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's crazy it's four, it's, i think it's like 12 or 13 bucks to go see it i'm fully taking advantage of my a-list right now especially with i, I need to get, I i'm gonna to get it, it twice back. i'm gonna go get it back. <laughs> <laughs> hey if you see it three times you'll complete the word pig you know just like in basketball you know you've missed two times seeing it since you haven't seen it I, all the way through so. I, I missed a bit after basketball. <laughs> I, 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 I understand. I understand your reference. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's talk about pig. Let's talk about pig because I got a lot to say. Um, and I, uh, you know, I think we'll be. I think it's gonna be a good episode. I let me just say, I really thought, and I put this in my review. I really thought pig was gonna be like a John Wick slash Taken slash, like you know, I really just anticipated. Nicholas Cage saying the Liam Neeson, like, I will find you, I will kill you for taking my pig. And uh, it was literally nothing like that. There was like no action in this film whatsoever. The only action in this film was Nicholas Cage getting the shit beat out of him in like an underground crazy. restaurant fight club. Like that was pretty much the only well, action. Well, what about when the pig gets taken? And and when the pig gets taken. <laughs> That's it. Taken, yes. It and what about my favorite my favorite scene in the entire movie when nick cage steals that kid's bike by just screaming (laughs) that was heavy action if if we do want to talk about action when nicholas cage brutally breaks down that chef in the restaurant like mentally (laughs) and his face just 
you can see the the depression and like that that might have that's some violence so let me just say that that was some action that was the biggest like takedown i've ever seen emotionally on the screen so yeah i guess there was more action than i thought i don't know i honestly one i didn't know anything about this movie eric was like we're gonna go we're gonna do pig and i'm like sounds good you know sounds sounds like a great time and uh it surprised me it surprised me a lot and um what a i was talking to eric about this and kendall what a directorial debut man i literally tried looking up this man michael cernowski everywhere everywhere i was like i want to learn more about this guy where did he come from you know like what 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 has his life been like are his parents divorced like i want to know things about this man doesn't have a wikipedia page doesn't have a letterbox page. Like, there's nothing about this man anywhere. So, I he real. This really was his debut, man, into Hollywood. I guess because it was it was a. It's like an autobiography. So he's been out in the woods for the past. He is the pig. <laughs> to answer the lady's question the in the theater, he is he the, the pig. pig. It's like those. It's like those LinkedIn posts. It's like my interviewer was the dog. Like he was the pig. <laughs> he was. All right, to introduce the movie, I guess, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Pig is a new movie released uh, this year, directed by Michael Cernowski in a directorial debut. And it's about a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregon wilderness with his truffle hunting pig. And uh, he he returns to the city of Portland after uh, his pig gets kidnapped. And, uh, you know, things transpire and... Uh, you know, in a search for his pig. There's a great line in the movie, if you haven't seen it, that says, just fuck Seattle. And um, Eric, how do you feel? Were you that? awake for that, Eric? <laughs> was he awake? I don't know if he was. He I, was I was awake enough to give a little chuckle as the rest of the theater also. <laughs> I, was, I was awake enough to pretend I wasn't fully almost asleep. <laughs> I put it in my letterbox review and I think Ash Maria, uh, shout out to Ash, uh, commented and agreed with me for the fuck Seattle. Sorry, Eric. Um, I don't hate Seattle. Seattle's like so it, nice right now. Seattle's hey, stunting on everyone. It's going to be underwater soon, man. It's going to be underwater. See, I know that's a reference because of earlier today, but I, <laughs> you, <laughs> if you've gotten that Eric, cold, That's would... the same scene. That's the same scene. <laughs> Is it? Oh, oh. No, it's not. It's not. I lied. No, the yeah. Seattle one is way later when they're at the car, like right next to the car, right? He's like, yeah. See, that's a, that's a, that's a line I remember hearing both times I was in the theater, though. <laughs> it, it, you were bothered by it that it seeped into your own. You know how some people, like when they're rewatching movies, they choose to like watch the video but not the audio. I was that's what I was doing, but for this movie, I've never heard of that. You know, because like a lot of reviewers and like academics or whatever like to like be more like cognizant of like formal choices or whatever yeah. in terms like shot or whatever. they like i don't know they don't listen they turn off the audio and just watch the video or vice versa yeah that's that's what i was i was being solid the opposite <laughs> the opposite really zach have you what have you heard of someone doing <laughs> that just listening to an entire movie no, not in it. Okay, not in it. <laughs> I, it's, it's called breaking no, 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 no. breaking ground. It'd be good. It'd be interesting for an entire movie. I'm talking about when I was taking my film class this last semester. Um, he was talking about 
his name is escaping me at the moment. Um, he was talking about he had us go through scenes like like five ten minute scenes, just video and then just audio. So you know, I guess that on a larger scale <laughs> for the entire movie. You know, it's like a podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> is, is an auditorial movie just a podcast? And you hear them stealing the pig. It's like, <laughs> 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 it's just an audio book. Like these it choices. Is. It's an audio book. So why the is pronunciation impeccable? <laughs> why is a movie without audio a silent film, but a movie without the visual not a motionless film? <laughs> I, I think. Film implies some sort of visual, some sort of visual presentation. What if it was? What if it was just the same image? If it was one image with audio, is that a film? Empire. I guess Empire is not the same image, but <laughs> um, I mean, because technically, a slideshow is a film, right? A mo- is a slideshow a film? <laughs> That's a good. That's a good question. Like, Let's um, get out of here. Can okay. you I drink a grape? <laughs> Have you seen La Jetée? Like sort I of. Haven't, I haven't. Why is that an example? It's like a yeah. It's like a slide. It's pretty much a like a. It's all stills. It's just like one okay. still after another. Well, there we go. And music. There we go. All right. Let's talk about pig. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Guys, is this is this Nicholas Cage's best the best performance ever? Second best. Second best. Behind He's what? gonna say. Have you adaptation. seen National Treasure? I'm gonna throw you out. National. <laughs> the correct answer is National Treasure. Yes. I should have what, 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 what is it second to? National Treasure. Are you actually serious? Are you not serious? You think, but like, okay, you think he's a, you think he's just, he's better actor in National Treasure? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I mean, come on! It doesn't. It doesn't really get better than that. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Eric, what do you think? Um, as someone who has not seen all of Nick Cage's performances, and <laughs> who all who primarily heard his performance in this movie, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best judge. Oh my god! You're a mess. <laughs> but you're I do a mess. like him in Wild at Heart. Yeah, well, we, I do well. know to shout out um, a letterbox list of Nicholas Jensen, who has his Nick Cage performances ranked. Pig is at number eight. Eight. What's it below? It's below Vampire's Kiss, Con Air, Adaptation, Face Off, Kick Ass, Mandy, and Wild at Heart. It should not be below Con Air. I've seen Con Air, and it should not be below Kick Ass. What? No, I, this Kick-Ass list... is a UJ. Kick-Ass is a UJ like classic. That's like a UJ movie. The favorite. Yeah. I I haven't seen obviously every Nicolas Cage movie, but this has to be his best. I mean, obviously, I'm very, very like partial, not partial. I'm very connected to his performance in um in Raising Arizona, but it's a completely different role that is in my head incomparable to pig so in terms of just like serious drama roles it's gotta be big i mean he was 
Nicholas Cage is one of those actors, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Whenever I see him in the movie, he kind of it kind of sucks me out of the movie a little bit. For at least in the beginning. In the very beginning of the film, I'm just like, that's Nicolas Cage. You know what I'm saying? And it, it happens with like, I feel like every big name actor, even the best, like, you know, everyone loves Leonardo DiCaprio, right? But if I see a movie and Leonardo DiCaprio is not like, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Why does that matter? It doesn't. Nicolas Cage was phenomenal in this film. And I don't know who could do a better job. But I will just say what it just throws me off at the beginning because I, I'm like someone that like I get like really immersed into the film. And at the beginning when I'm like, oh, my God, that's this guy. I'm like a little bit disconnected. Does that make any sense? Am I crazy? I feel that way with some actors. Actually, not really Nick, Nick, Nick Cage. I felt it more with the pig. But I got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, you saw it. You're like, that's Michael Sarnowski. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, I, think um, that's, I think that's famously. Wilbur. Famously, the pig, <laughs> the titular pig. That's the Charlotte's Web pig. But I, I, I thought, I think it definitely helped that he was, you know, bearded up and had that long hair. He um, did look very non like any other. Thing yeah, he, he was like, he was, he was covered up, uh, and his performance was also kind of similarly, you know, uh, opaque. <laughs> Uh, at least initially, you know, uh, there was yeah. some, some, some distance, some, you know, some trauma in between the screen and the audience. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really struggle with that here. Maybe if I was, maybe if I had seen more Nick Cage movies, then I would, I would feel similarly. But I, I thought he was, he was, he was tremendous here. Uh, really understated and in, in, in a beautiful emotional way do you think rob is a likable character uh yes in this story uh, if you were to see rob in a different part of his life maybe not maybe not if he wasn't the main character but this is him you know it's hard to root against anybody who is trying to chase yeah. the one thing that they love that was stolen from them. You know, like it, it's, it's very easy to excuse uh, any morally questionable actions uh, when, you know, when, when the end goal is so you know, pure, but uh, yeah, of course he, he, he's a dick. Right. Uh, but at times it was it was funny, especially that restaurant scene. And at times it was, you know, even kind of heartbreaking. He's fighting with a mirror. Uh, I, I thought Wolf did a great job as well, by the way. But yeah, he's fighting with a yeah. mirror. But it's just because he's so frustrated with his situation. Like he just he just wants to get back and and be alone. And I don't know. I think it was it was pretty easy for me to accept that i don't think he really you know went over the line with me or i guess he didn't really need to maybe kick in the car kick his car yeah yeah that was and he kept like going and and going (laughs) he really hated that camaro Uh, (laughs) but yeah no i i thought he he was ultimately likable and and nick cage definitely you know it helps that it was that it was him in that regard eric were you gonna say something 
No, I was just going to add that it was very different from the other Nick Cage performance I saw this year. What, which I saw, was? I saw him in this movie called Prisoners of the Ghost Land, where it's like a revenge movie where Nick Cage is in Japan and he's fighting like rat zombies and they like strap him up in this like suit and they they like attach explosives to his nuts and like halfway through he loses a ball when one of them explodes so i just I, I, I just wanted to provide the counterpoint <laughs> nick, nick cage is one of those actors we all we all know who has a lot of movies under his belt and i'd say to be harsh 85 percent of them are not good movies they're just not and a few of them are classics because they're nick cage films national treasure is a good film i love national treasure but it's also nostalgic for me more than it is like a wow this is a critically acclaimed film and caleb's about to who go cares what the right critics now. say no i'm not saying that i'm not saying it's a great <laughs> film i just, love it okay it's saying, a great film I, Next. I, <laughs> what i'm saying is in terms of like nicholas cage giving performances in films that are considered critically acclaimed in some level there are very few that's all i'm saying like in terms of general public reception and i feel like this is a movie that kind of kind of is in that 15 percent, in that small percentage of like you know it's it's not I, I don't know what this movie is going to walk away with in terms of awards, if anything. I don't know what it'll walk away with at the box office. <clears throat> box office. I know it already. I mean, it was at I think nine hundred thousand last time I checked. So not much, you know. You know, Eric and I were talking about this earlier, and Eric said that he saw quite a few people talking about it and, and a few trailers. I, I heard nothing about this movie. Saw nothing. Um, so I have a feeling this will be one of the, a movie that kind of people know about but also isn't very like you know is that fair to say i don't i mean do you think differently eric <laughs> no, i just like as you're moving caleb's smile like peeks out from behind you. So... <laughs> i don't know who this man is <laughs> it kind of looks like bigfoot that's why i took the picture um but i mean i just you know i think my point here is that my expectations were not very high for this film and whether or not that was the reason why I ended up giving it a very high rating you know it's it's an all-time performance by Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolf is incredible you know I've seen quite a few of his films and I think this was one of his most mature roles you know especially in the second half of the film all three of the, you know, I'd say all three of the main characters being Rob, Amir, and then, um, is it Darius? Is that what his father's name is? Remember that? Played by Adam, Adam Arkin. I think it's Darius. Caleb, can you confirm this? Do you remember? Um, as someone who was awake during the movie, I can confirm that Okay, his name is Darius. Um, so with those being the main three characters, you know, and Amir and Rob taking the stage, I think all three of them had this such like crazy, like emotional transformation in the second half of the film. And I guess for Darius, the towards the latter end of the film, I, it just like, 
yeah, this this ended up being not what I expected it to be at all. I mean, this was a lot more existential, a lot more, you know, thought provoking, a lot more focused on grief and love and moving on from you know the past, but also not being able to. It it, it was it had a lot to do with that, and I guess. You know, did you guys expect that? Did it kind of throw you, you know, throw, you know, a wrench in everything when that, when they, when the second half of the film, you know, latter end, uh, the latter end, that's redundant, um, you know, came to fruition? Um, yeah, I really liked how quiet uh, the important moments were especially in the end of course you have you know the restaurant scene which is you know the big set piece in the middle uh which is still you know on the quieter side but just i mean making that dinner just sitting at the three of them sitting at that table you know robin just watching darius you know die inside a little bit knowing that you know just exuding so much power from food and from silence and just knowing that that's going to be enough to get Darius to talk, to get him his pig back or, or so he thinks, you know, of course, uh, the pig, Michael Sarnowski is dead. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I was really impressed with. Not even that it wasn't, you know, so action heavy and that this wasn't a simple, uh you know revenge thriller but that the way in which it wasn't obvious was so quiet and so poignant and so deliberate because there is a way to make it where it's not so action fight heavy where it is you know more intellectual and wordy uh that isn't so nuance that 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 might be just as obvious as a physical uh it might just be a a physical version translated to a more literal version uh that's more that's still in your face and still you know quick quickly moving still plot heavy uh but you know this really went the full way it was it was a very singular vision that that was committed to from start to finish uh, and I think that's what was so impressive. Yeah, when I was giving, you know, when I was sitting there in the post credits, um, I was thinking a lot about how this film, and I put this in my room, uh, my room, my review, um, felt like, in my words, a perfectly wrapped box that was just, just perfect. When I wrap a Christmas gift, right, I, I'm terrible at it. It looks like a child put together. But you know how, like, the people who, if you go to a store and you buy something and they'll gift wrap it for you and they make it look like it is just immaculate? That's what this movie was. And it was just so gentle. The The, the idea, the theme was so... Not, it wasn't grand, but it also wasn't small. It just felt neat. Everything felt neat. And reflecting on the movie after it was over, everything still felt neat. Nothing felt unnecessary. Nothing felt out of place to me. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you guys disagree with that. 
you know, I even reflected more kind of on like what I had been seeing, like, oh, like kind of thinking more about that, that, that fight club with the restaurant, like knowing a little bit more about his story. And he was this chef who probably was a dick to his employees. I mean, he talked about how he fired that one chef because he got, you know, after three weeks because he would, couldn't get the pasta right. So, you know, it, it's very much, he was probably a dick, but he was very, very good at what he did. And, you know, you, you start connecting and building backwards from this character that you were seeing at the beginning, shown at the beginning of the film that you didn't know anything about. And it, everything just felt right. Everything felt, it didn't feel out of left field. And I cared about the character. I cared about this little world, this little, you know, where he was in Portland, how he was this big chef and, you know, about, you know, you, you knew that there was some type of loss even from the beginning of the film. Um, and, you know, everything, I don't felt, I didn't feel like it was cheap for the, you know, for Darius to be this real big dick to then suddenly, you know, at the dinner scene, break down crying, you know, especially with the conversation or in the middle of the film with Amir talking about that was the only time he'd ever seen his parents happy. You know, I, I love the scene with Amir talking to his mom, kind of, I, I'm assuming she was in a coma um of some sort i don't know i mean that's what the assumption was for me and he was just leaning on the door everything just felt quiet like you said caleb but just so well handled i'm like i personally struggled to see or think of scenes that to me felt out of place or felt just not handled the right way you know i didn't feel like it was too showy or too too intellectual in the sense of like you know, a lot of dialogue, a lot of, you know, the, the, when I think the one scene that I think maybe was a little bit like a little bit too much was the scene at Amir's house when they were talking, uh, Amir and Rob were talking and they, Rob went on the spiel about the West Coast flooding and like, you know, like that little conversation seemed to be a little weird to me a little bit of like out of nowhere but it didn't seem completely out of character yeah in itself that seemed a little extraneous but i think it was a good and necessary prerequisite to uh to to the the restaurant scene uh to show that you know this this is who rob is this is how he thinks what he's been shaped to believe if the restaurant scene came out of nowhere and all of that you know existential ideology was pulled just to kind of tear tear finway down uh then that would have seemed a little out of place i think and probably made rob seem a little more unlikable but because we know that this is kind of just who he is a then it's more of a natural progression doesn't make him harder to sympathize with. Uh, and I think just, it makes the character feel even deeper because we have you know, multiple examples now uh, of his, his uh, exciting philosophy. Yeah. His, I don't know. What, 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 what anyone know what the philosophy, I don't know the philosophical term for what that would fit into. It seemed very like uh, it's a little nihilistic there. Nihilistic. Yeah. That definitely, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. What do you think about that scene guys? Um, the, the dining scene. 
Um, you know, Eric's sitting there laughing. Um, I, I'm, if there was a peak to the movie in terms of, you know, boiling over and it being quote unquote loud instead of quiet, it, it was that scene, right? At least to me. Did you, did you like this scene? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, again, it, it was, you know, a, a smarter, carefully handled way to get what he wanted in, in a movie where, again, it would have been much easier to, you know, punch the guy in the face to get the information or to just stand up and start screaming or to take him in the back room and, and threaten him, right? Uh, but this was smart and thoughtful and took its time and fit the character and was uh, not the, the conventional choice. So I think that all adds up to, to, yeah, to I something can't, exciting. I can't get that image out of my head, dude, of, of his... Um, I wish I knew the actor's name and I feel bad, but I do not. Um, just his, his smile, just the, the, the smile on his face as it, it slowly it turns, um, as it slowly turns from like a you know pretending to like be happy, whatever, to like this pain and this like reflective, just like I, you're right, like nothing. I, I the the people in this restaurant don't give a shit about me. I don't give a shit about what I'm doing. Like I, I failed, kind of. It, it was, it was like. The sl- I mean, like, and, and it kept cutting back and forth between his face and Nicolas Cage's face. And it was just, like, his little descent into, like, and then seeing him just chug that wine, dude. It was satisfying. I really, I, I, I don't know the last time I was sitting there just being, like, both, like, holy shit, he's tearing into this man. But also, like, holy shit, is this what my future is going to be like? Like, is this relatable to me? <laughs> like, it's it was... Yeah, it was it was something. I I, I don't know, man. It, it was it was a lot, and I, I really enjoyed it as well. Especially like I said, you know, I really thought this movie was going to be much more loud, much much more aggressive in your face, and and it wasn't. I mean, got the opening. Um, Eric, did you really like the opening? I I you know like I just love. It was just like so peaceful and like like. You're muted, by the Eric, way. Um, and guys, I don't know how again, long that's you've been doing or if you've been trying to say anything this whole time. I um, mean, I can talk about the opening. That's <laughs> the opening. I thought the opening was so funny. Like, funny? I thought it was like, for yeah. a bit. I was like pure, like, like you see, um, what it opens like up the water and then it like fades into Nick Cage and then you see him walking out into the woods with his little pig and the pig's Michael Sarnowski <laughs> bit narcissistic to cast such a cute pig not that I, I don't really know what he looks like but and the pig's like trotting out next to him and then and then it goes to the like BuzzFeed tasty slow-mo food porn and I literally <laughs> I, I literally started laughing and then um, he does his like Lone Ranger walk out of the cabin as the like title card. Comedy gold. I thought it was com- <laughs> I thought it was comedy gold. And then 
I don't know if that was the what, what, what the <laughs> really, what you're going I, for. <laughs> I also like I felt a bit afterwards after I found out what how like what the movie's tone was, but then like the very next scene, he goes he goes to his like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound so Gen Z his CD player and he plays the like is it a cassette or is it a CD? He plays this because it was it was a cassette, cassette right? Player, yeah. He plays the cassette and and then the like sad music starts playing and I also thought that was supposed to be comedic. It was I thought it was music. funny. It wasn't all sad music. Or like I, and then it was like it just like they just started placing that and then it was like food for it again and I thought it was so I I honestly thought it was so funny. <laughs> and I was like this is amazing like I was like it's self-aware like it's beautifully shot and like the food looks good the, the pig is good like I care about this pig I care about Nick Cage I thought it was so funny. And then come on, like, come on. Then you get the underground, like, you get the underground fight club. Like, come on. That was something. We'll have to talk about that in a minute. I I do think the opening is beautifully shot. Um, Come on. What? Cinema. When he goes to the, he, like, he and Amir go into the woods to find the pig. And they see that woman. They're like, 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 they're like, um, like, you can't be here. Like, what are you here for? <laughs> and they're yeah, like, and she's like, I'm here to look for my pig. And then immediately, like, amazing acting. I, I need to find out that woman's name because she's everything. She, the way her demeanor changes, like, you lost your pig. Like, we're fixing this right now. <laughs> like, oh, so, yeah, it so, like, was it's like the most important, which it is. I mean, it it's was, the director that they lost. It was, um, it was, she, he was asking for the vehicle of those people. And she was like, oh, no, like, you know, like, oh, what do you, oh, they're not here. Like, you know, they don't come around often. And then he's like, they took my pig. And she's like, what kind of pig? He's like, a truffle pig. And she's like, (laughs) son of a bitch. And then she like takes them and they're like, you come into my place. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I can't tell if Eric's being sarcastic. Like if he's like. (laughs) No, I legitimately thought it was so funny. (laughs) There. This movie, I will have to say, I didn't necessarily don't know if I left much of the opening, but this is there's all, there's some comedic moments in this film, um, and that was one of them, dude. That lady going full one eighty to like, you know, like you stole a truffle pig, like it was just interesting too. Like I know we didn't get much of it, but seeing the world, I I, I was listening, I was reading an interview with Michael Cernowski, um, and he was talking about how he got the idea for this, and like he was just like interested. He was like. He basically, I think, just read about it or heard about truffle hunters and was like, I'm in, you know, like, like, I, I want to write That's about this. And, you know, like, it is interesting, like how much of us know. I, I, I always forget that truffles are actually like something, a mushroom that you have to like hunt for and like things like that. Like, you know, like, I don't know. And like a truffle pig is such a weird concept to me. And yeah, we didn't see much of like the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a truffle hunter but you kind of get placed into it a little bit at least the extreme version and then like seeing that camp of people and the woman and all i know is the truffle business is a cutthroat business man. in portland especially i didn't realize that it's got even like this is probably so stupid but i didn't even realize people like got truffles <laughs> i thought they were like they're just like from europe or whatever but it makes yeah, a not, lot of sense stupid. that they're like yeah. foraging for truffles and it's an expensive. I'm surprised business. they're in Portland. I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've read. Let's see. I want to. I want to. While I'm looking this up, um, I, I I'm pretty sure the truffle business is like very big. Like it's a very. I mean, because it's like a delicacy, basically. 
you know, truffles are. And so it's expensive and pays a lot. You know, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I definitely, the fight club scene was something that also stood out to me um, that I had to reflect upon because I was kind of wondering like, what the hell is the point of this? Especially in the beginning, you don't know much. And the afterwards, you know, he was this big time chef. So I'm like, is this, correct me if I'm wrong, but the interpretation I took afterwards was this was a place for like people who worked in restaurants to basically go beat the shit out of the chefs or hire up people that basically can boss them around all day or whatever. Is that, was that the vibe you got? I mean, cause basically I, you, you can tell it's, and like you're, you're told it's for restaurant workers and everyone in the business, but the fact that he has been there obviously before and everyone knew where he was and the fact that people were paying a lot to be able to beat the shit out of him. I'm guessing it had something to do with that. Like basically these workers getting out aggression by beating up the powerful, like the, the head chefs or the whatever. That's seem... some bros blowing off some steam. I, I mean, it was obviously very flight club esque minus the terrorism, but like, you know, it, it was, yeah, I very interesting. Um, definitely. I, and then when that was happening, I still thought the movie was going to be actiony. I was like, oh, this is the beginning. He's going to beat the shit out of these guys, you know, or something. And then it was much more brutal than that. It was much more like, oh, my God, this guy is just willingly getting his, you know, socks knocked off. Like, just so just so he can find his pig. Like, he's just kind of, like, submitting himself to this horrible beating. And, you know, just like he's submitted himself kind of to all these things after his wife died, you know. I don't know. It was I, I, looking back. I appreciated it much more than I did in the moment. I would say. What else is there? Any? I mean, what else stood out to you? I thought the ending was beautiful. I did uh, enjoy the ending. <laughs> I did enjoy the ending. <laughs> yeah, usually you know a song, you know, like a, a diegetic song into a credit into into the rolling the credits yeah usually doesn't get me but this one this one got me pretty good uh yeah i almost felt like you know i could feel emotion again so that was nice um yeah i I don't know it was just yeah i think that the whole relationship between robin and laura was was handled really well whenever you heard her on the tape it sounded almost too authentic um great performance there uh and yeah it was just you know again it was almost like like the like a a microcosm of the movie taking bruce springsteen's i'm on fire but then turning you know which is you know i'm on fire it's 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 literally is you know i'm 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 big and and powerful Uh, and the song itself is the the original song is definitely more forceful than than this cover and then so you're taking you're taking that song that idea and then again subverting that turning it into something you know quiet and you know peaceful which works really well that for the word, end of the movie that word you use quiet it's just such a good description for this film because i mean it it, it really is you know it's like my, 
a good exercise that I started doing was thinking about how other films or how a worse film would handle some of the situations. How would a worse film handle the ending and that song? How would a worse film handle the more emotional moments like Amir crying in his car? Like those moments to me were so great because it was just quiet, you know? We see Rob leave to go back to his camp towards the end, Amir gets in his car, the same audio that we've been hearing in his car about kind of being this big, big, powerful man and who listens to classical music, which I'm sure Eric loved. Um, you know, just like he turns it off and he just, you know, he starts to cry and it's nothing big. It's nothing big, but it, it, it I mean, it hit me. It hit me. Same thing with um, Darius in the house, leaving the table, you know, this big, powerful man leaving the table, going up to his room and, um, you know, telling Rob to basically you know, like leave, leave, get out of here. You know, I don't know. It, it all, all of it hit me. I mean, it, it became very clear that all three of these people are, are people who haven't moved on, who have found other ways to kind of numb themselves or remain. There was, there's a, there's, there was a whole line about talking about, holding on to stuff I, I don't I'm, I'm butchering it but Darius was talking about it in his first meeting with Rob he was basically saying how you you got to hold on with you know like he's got to have a hold on his like truffle business right am I am I am I explaining it kind of correctly uh, Caleb and basically like once you lose it it's gone you know like you, you got to hold on to those things and it's like Darius in the same way Darius wouldn't let go of his wife you know Amir wanted his mom to be to die she's been in a coma for what we can assume is a long long time um after trying to kill herself and he and darius won't let go and it becomes very clear that all these men in a very maybe commentary on maybe masculinity in some aspects um just can't let go of things cannot let go of what's made them or things that mean a lot to them and I think that's also what makes Nicolas Cage's breakdown when he finds out that the pig is dead much more meaningful because it's not that he lost his pig, but I also, I mean, I don't think he completely mourned other things, losing everything, you know, most losing his wife to be exact. And I mean, I don't doubt he loved the pig, but I, I thought, it, it, it was just it was just done in such a great way quiet is the way you want to describe it and that that works it, it really it's just soft it's a very it's just everything's soft and that makes it so much more um powerful um and you know everyone one of the you know i, I was seeing everyone when i originally learned about the film people were like you know oh it's just you know john waker uh a taken or a whatever and it's it's it is far above and beyond what any of those could dream to be so i'll put back <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean make me make me want to cry <laughs> i almost <laughs> cried i didn't cry i'm, I'm a big cry. i'm a movie crier um I, I'll, I'll admit it but i i did not cry but i was i was starting to tear up a little bit it's um, yeah, I don't know, man. This this movie hit heavy. This is, 
I am not someone to usually sit in the theater after a movie, after the credits start rolling. I'm pretty much like, a, I'm very impatient. I'm a very much like, get up, get out, get on my phone, like check my texts, write my review. Um, and I didn't, this time I just sat there. And I, it, it was probably because of how beautiful the ending was with the song as well. Um, I just have to say that I just saw a review that says, John Wick meet, meets Ratatouille meets Paris, Texas meets First Cow, essentially. I don't even know what any of, like, <laughs> I've seen three of those four movies. Um, you know, I was going to say a little bit about, at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, it's like First Cow, but I think Eric would be mad if I even put this title, if they put this film in the same breath as First Cow, so. They're very different movies. No, I mean, completely different. But clearly, I, I, one of them is better than the other. <laughs> I mean, clearly. <laughs> clearly, clearly. One of them I fell asleep for, one of them I did not. So that, that's how's the Clearly. Oh, uh, and Eric, too. Wow. I, know, I know. No wonder, no wonder we have some opposite views. Eric, overall, Caleb, overall, what do you have to say about Pig? You know? um, I'll probably end up rewatching it sometime. <laughs> that's that's my overall impression i mean it doesn't seem like something Fair. i'd like i i'll talk to you guys after but i've had the craziest week oh but no yeah <laughs> i'll probably be something it'll probably be something i go to rewatch later in the year i'm i'm curious to hear what your you know kind of like what more of your thoughts are and it's not like you haven't seen i mean before. i i just don't feel comfortable sharing thoughts when i didn't see the full movie that, is I, that doesn't seem fair that's 100 percent fair no i i understand that um but i do um, i do feel comfortable sharing that the opening credits are still very funny not the opening <laughs> credits, the op- the title card i still the title card oh i also so really this is very small but the theme the very the style of the part one part two part three and the credits um, the way they were stylistically, I was in love with that. I really liked it. It was just such a small little detail. Wait, that okay. Was... As people who watched the movie, did those dishes show up in the movie? Yes. Wait, are the dishes? The dishes, like dishes in the like part one. Yeah. This is like yeah they yeah. did okay. Yeah, and then like part Thank two you. was the scallops and the whatever, and that was at the restaurant, and then part three was the dinner. Um. And then part one was obviously, I don't remember what part one was. What was part one called? Uh, Bacon. No. <laughs> that, that, that was the end of it. Um, oh, I like that. Self-deprecating humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Caleb, do you have any what, anything else you wanted to say about Pig this overall? Um, the last thing I'll bring up. Great moment when Rob says to Amir, like, I, I actually don't need the pig to find the truffles. You know, the, the trees, that's all. You just have to follow the trees. Uh, uh, Amir says, then what have we been doing this all for? And I don't know, just matter of factly, Rob says, because I love her. It's it just so beautiful, so simple and direct. But and this is going to, this, um, this might sound like insane. Uh, but I don't know. I thought, I thought there's something just so beautiful about saying that you know, like he loves a pig because I feel like that that's something that uh, most human beings would have like immense trouble doing. I thought that just made him made Rob like vulnerable in a really 
touching way. It was, would again, like, again, this movie doesn't take the easy choice. It doesn't take the easy way out. You know, it doesn't, it, it would have been easy to, to do something very similar and say, you know, because she's my best friend, but he just, you know, just speaks more truthfully and more from the heart. So because I love her, I just thought that was, that was really beautiful. And again, a nice encapsulation of, of the character and, and the movie itself. Yeah. I, 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 there was another quote that I remember that was something about, like, it was like, we don't really get a lot of things to care about. You know, there was a lot of good lines and this is a movie, the reason, um, you know, and, and I'll say I, I, this is easily my, so far my favorite picture of the year. I haven't seen very many because of 21 being how, 2021 being how it, how it is. Um, I don't see it dropping too far, even with the big slate. I just, this movie just feels so neatly packed, like I said before. And it's just, I don't, you know, it's the way, you know, he's able the director Sarnowski, you know he, the way he you know we it, you get the expectation of it being a revenge film and it, it turns out to be like almost anything but that and you know it's so much more so it just feels so much more personal so much more relatable so much more just like introspective and not not to i mean and 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 to you know give credit i i think you know yeah look, i'm not the greatest person at being like comparing the directors in this movies and how well a movie's directed I'm no, I'm no expert you know all i can say is i've seen movies just like anyone else but i thought michael sarnowski did uh sarnowski did a great job directing this i i thought it, i thought it was beautiful i honestly did and like you know yeah maybe the, the you know intro and ending you know with the kind of nature shots and the water shots were a little not stereotypical but a little you know too clean or a little too perfect i don't know i loved it i thought it was very it was very serene and it and even just like when they were in the city it's just like i just loved i i loved how it was directed and um i mean I, I don't know, man. This guy's got to be proud for this for him being this being your feature or your your debut directorial debut. I, it's pretty damn good. That's all I got to say. I mean, like I can only hope to dream to write something or direct something as, as crazy as this uh, for a first film. So shout out to Michael Cernowski. Uh If you're listening, come on the podcast. Uh, we will make you a Wikipedia page. I promise. Um, and all this is crazy because <laughs> he's the pig. Yeah. <laughs> he's the pig guy. yeah I, pig that's intelligence crazier, dude pig that's excellence even that's even crazier by the way um just a fun fact real quick uh before we end the podcast um a single truffle can cost up to thirty eight hundred dollars depending on the type of truffle and the area it's being sold so truffles are no joke man truffles are no joke that explains why you i'm not a fan pig. either any of you guys ever had truffle sauce or anything truffle related i'm, I'm not a fan it's like oh, i mean zach you missed the whole commotion this past what? semester everybody dying for the truffle aioli i hate the truffle aioli i hate the truffle i'm not i don't oh, like truffles it's like, i like, it's like the a, like i like the trader joe's like truffle chips a lot you know, the i've never had like real truffle thing. i've only uh, had like truffle aioli obviously i don't like, think i've ever had a real truffle either <laughs> uh, yeah I just like hate it when you see like you know those BuzzFeed worth it videos when they're like like pasta like five bucks 25 bucks 1500 bucks and like the $1500 pasta is literally just 
regular old pasta. They just shave a shit ton of truffles on it. <laughs> Pisses me off to no end. <laughs> what a, like what a cop out. Yeah, that is that's true. I like, uh, by when the way, it's like it's the like the exact same hot dog, but we're covering this baby with gold leaf. We're wrapping it in twenty four karat gold just for you to eat. Like no, bitch, it's a hot. It's still the same hot dog. Like <laughs> it's such a cop out for your like expensive hot dog. That's my take on truffles. This is the greatest ending to the podcast. Uh, truffles are a, a six billion dollar global business, by the way. So. Um, yeah, better get in on it, boys. Podcast doesn't work out. Film doesn't work out. You know what we're doing? We're uh, we're we're making our own truffle pig, and we are Man. we're haunting. I'll be the pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gladly. On that note, with Eric being our future truffle pig, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our little sneak peek into pig, and we will see you next time. <laughs>